Welcome to the B-Side Boys Podcast. Who do you think you are? I am. An Iowa rugby podcast. Okay, I didn't know that. Well, now you do. With your host, Mr. Gray. <laughs> Big meaty man slapping me. <laughs> and Billy V. I am untethered and my rage knows no bounds. And now featuring Gimli. Really? <laughs> can you feel the tension in the air right now? I know I can. I can feel it all the way down in my plums. Introducing our international rugby correspondent, Eric Nichols. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. <laughs> Now let's take a break to hear from one of our sponsors. Convergence Acquisitions LLC is an organization dedicated to providing their creditor partners with a compliance solution for accounts receivable portfolio sales and servicing they enable for their clients to focus on their core business and provide them with a reliable partner they can count on to acquire distressed portfolios. Through over 30 years of accounts receivable management experience, they have developed processes and procedures to recover account portfolios while exceeding compliance expectations. They have partnered with well-respected law firms and other recovery vendors to create an ideal solution for their partners. Convergence Acquisitions evaluates and acquires portfolios including credit card, retail card, consumer loans, auto loans, draft deposit accounts, EMS services, and more. For more information on selling portfolios to use, please contact our business development team at 855-200-6096 or via email at acquisitions at convergenceacquisitions.com. All right, so here we are for another episode of the B-Side Boys podcast. <laughs> Gimli's obviously here, and Nichols, and Philly V. How's Hello? it going, Phil? Hello. I'm I'm good. I'm excited to do this tonight and yeah, talk about a lot of really fun and cool stuff happening. Yeah, oh I'm He's so jacked. We're gonna focus a lot today on getting our audio quality better. So Phil and I, our cheeks are gonna touch the whole episode, mm. and I'm excited. Don't, Me too. You get so close, Gimli. <laughs> Am I too close? I, I don't know. I'm not looking at the sound, but <laughs> we're just gonna plow through. Too much shenanigans to start. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, we didn't say the F word yet. So that's no, good. <laughs> we didn't. Um, coaching clinic in... I I don't know. What are we doing here? <laughs> the coaching clinic. The USA Rugby approved a coaching this clinic. This isn't serious at all. Okay. Top gun from the top. <clears throat> all right. Yeah. So USA Rugby level one coaching certification course yep. is at Weeks Middle School on February 17th. Hosted by the West Moines Wombats. So if you want to be a coach in the high school league or for the senior side, and it would help at the college side, but I don't think it's required. Um, but if you want to coach in the high school league, you must be certified through USA Rugby with this L1. Sign up is in the Rugby Explorer app. All you need to do, go to Rugby Explorer, click on the Learning Center, and then you can go to the course catalog, sign up. There is no cap. Basically, what they said was if we have more than like 30 people, they'll just get another instructor. So as many people as possible, but please sign up as soon as possible so we can know how many people are coming. So if we do lunch or something or try to plan stuff out, uh, we can plan appropriately. So really cool, 
Really excited to be hosting a coaching clinic in Des Moines so people don't have to travel out of state. Get it done. I know it's something people talk about every single year. How much does it cost? I think it's like 100 bucks. About 100 okay. bucks. And then it'll last forever, though. <coughs> yeah. Last your lifetime. Yep. So 100 bucks. Get signed up. Super easy to do. Grow the game. Also, there's going to be a referee clinic that's going to be the next day. That's not officially posted yet, but pretty sure it's going to be in the same exact place the day after. So That is nice. Weeks Middle School on Des Moines Avenue. How much does that cost? $85. Also, this is fun. If you need a place to look up stuff and you don't like going to Facebook, the West Des Moines Wombats have a new website, and it has a list of all of the stuff that's coming up. Uh, Also, if you go to BBP Rugby or BBP Apparel, one of the sponsors of the show, they have a store open with merchandise for the Wombats, for the B-Side Boys, for the Wombats Academy. And then also our friend Alec Lang, who is a musician, uh, he has some shirts there. Uh, Jung Ming No, thumbs down, three pairs. Support his music. We're selling his t-shirts too, so you should get one of those. All right. Yeah. He's a good boy. He's he a, great He's a great boy, man. But also too, if you want to support the podcast, buy a t-shirt. I think the stores open until November 16th. That's correct. Uh, Last reminder we have, the Iowa AGM is going to be in Cedar Rapids at 30 Hop. That's going to be on December 2nd, a Saturday. There's going to be a women's forum from 1 to 1.30 p.m. And then the Iowa AGM will be from 1.30 to 3.30 p.m. Again, 30 Hop in Cedar Rapids. Everyone's invited. If you want to help grow the sport, if you want to help grow the game in any way, uh, be there. I know one of the main things that we're going to try to accomplish is getting people on committees. So then that way it's not like one or two people trying to do everything. It is small groups of people doing singular projects. So if you think you can help out in anything, um, you know, trying to bring back select sides for the senior side, the U23, uh, we also are going to look at. You know, what does the spring schedule look like? How do we support women's rugby? All Iowa, uh, the Summer 7 series, there's going to be monthly correspondence, going to set some goals. So, not the, like the world isn't going to be solved, but a lot of conversations about where we want to move forward next is going to happen. So, if you've got ideas, you've got plans, I've got a bunch of ideas, uh, be there. Again, we're not going to walk out of that meeting with a bunch of answers. I bet we'll have more questions, but at least mm-hmm. we'll have a plan moving forward, uh, which will be good. So, yeah. that's Sounds like a good time. Yeah, so sign up for coaching clinic. Sign up for the referee, referee clinic. clinic. Referee clinic's not posted yet, uh, but when it does, More we'll let you know. New Wombats website. Yep. And then... Um, Stores open. Yeah. Also, the UNI... Men's Rugby Club has a store open right now. If you go to their Twitter or Facebook, there's a link. Um, all the shirts they have and sweatshirts on there support their uh, cost of going down to St. Louis and then possibly Dallas? Right? Houston. Houston. Yeah, yeah, I already bought a shirt. Nice. I bought two shirts, one for <laughs> me and one for Mr. Gray. Because <laughs> shipping was $11. <laughs> yes. Thanks yeah. for doing that. It has a lot. But, I mean, nah, that, their stuff's pretty cool and – Kings of the North. Yeah, that's a yeah, it's cool. pretty awesome. I would assume Zeus would have came up with that because he likes Game of Thrones, but he's a god. Yeah, everybody likes Game of Thrones. Well, my last season kind of. Ah, so. We don't need to talk about that. Yeah. But you know, Game of Thrones wasn't that like based in like New Zealand or something? No, that's yeah. Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings was yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So speaking of New Zealand, we're finally going to talk about the World Cup, oh! which was three weeks ago, uh, and finally back from France. I yeah, it took a while to get through customs. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it was. Did you take a rowboat. I had too many baguettes and croissants in my luggage. You, yeah, you like baguettes. All right. So yeah, World Cup ended. Big bread guy. Two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. And uh, South Africa defeated New Zealand in the final. And it was a tough watch for a diehard New Zealand fan, I suppose. But I think, you know, it being so long ago, I'll just kind of run through it quick. It I think really just took you three weeks to actually get the <laughs> to courage mentally, to, make the mention, right. yeah, to make the words come out. I was going to say, I feel like watching the game, it was hard for you also because there was a large amount of South African fans at Pally's at the watch party. We had a good amount of people there. I'd say about half the people there were South African fans. like In legit. Jersey. Like what yeah. a collective I didn't know existed in the De- greater Des Moines area that really... It <laughs> was surprising. It really uh, it really stuck in my craw that day. <laughs> <laughs> like they were full force in the front, right in front of the TVs. And like you were in the back and I could just see your arms folded just watching them. Like, look at these guys rooting for the team I'm not rooting for. But, uh, and yeah, that made it tough. At least one of them had an accent, so... I'll that guy, he's all right, I suppose. There's a few of them with an accent, but I mean, I think yeah. I think the other ones were made up or fake. It was fake. <laughs> <laughs> it. Because we, are, because everyone else in there was a diehard, born and bred New Zealand. Just like fan. me, just like me. Can't you tell? <laughs> I'm better than everybody else. <laughs> I, do, I think probably the first thing I'll mention is that ever since France was eliminated from this tournament, like every game. It rained, mm. and I think it's because the country of France was in mourning. Sure. Their, <laughs> their climate reflected. So, I think that you didn't get maybe. I'm gonna try to give all my reports on this game as unbiased as I can, which is difficult. But it wasn't necessarily the brand of rugby for a final that I would have preferred, because the amount of ball in play was relatively small. Mm. It was a lot of uh, kick kick and play or kick the ball down the field Mm -hmm. not as much in play because of the conditions with that being said south africa came out early with a pretty aggressive line speed and i feel like new zealand looked uncharacteristically befuddled Mm. if i can use such language yes yes. (laughs) um shannon rizal gets a yellow card like a minute and a half in for uh like a it's like a gator roll and he put his body weight on the guy's lower I don't know it was a call I'm not really all that familiar with and I think a lot of people said it wasn't called correctly I'm not saying that it wasn't but it was kind of a strange one anyway New Zealand goes down early South Africa just kind of pounded them with kicks New Zealand did not look all that great they kind of traded penalties back and forth Sam K New Zealand captain ultimately gets a yellow which is upgraded to a red New Zealand's down a guy the rest that of the game. Tackle on Jordy. He tackled. I don't know who he tackled. And what minute mark was that at again? That was in the 27th minute. That's really early. That's yeah. just crazy though. And I mean, when looking at it again, being unbiased, like, yeah, probably should have been a red. But then at the same time, it's like, God, that just it sucks when you have a red card that early in a match that important. And it's just like, all right, you're gonna play a man down for now. 53 minutes 
Like he got the yellow, and I remember talking to Phil, and mm-hmm. I said that's going to be a red. I watched it when it happened. The it was their um, out center, South Africa's out center, whose name Kareel, I think. Mm-hmm. So it's like he kind of stepped into Sam Kane and. He, it was like he was almost surprised that he was in his lane, but mm-hmm. he it was a red all day long. He was standing straight up, yeah. head-to-head contact. But, I mean, I've got a zillion notes on this game, but the long and short of it is, I mean, that's the, that's the difference in the game. New Zealand was down a man the whole game, and they did everything but win the game. Mm-hmm. South Africa won. New Zealand had two chances. They had a conversion from a try from the corner that would have put him ahead. And Jordy Barrett had a penalty or like a 50 meter penalty that he missed. And South Africa just outlasted him. They did what they needed to do. They also had two cards in the game. See Khaleesi, their captain. And then, um, why oh, I can't Cheslin Colby, mm-hmm. who's one of the most electric players in the world. So mm-hmm. they were at fair, they're at even numbers for a decent amount of the game, but I think it's commendable that the All Blacks were in it that long being yeah. down. But the long and short of it is South Africa is built to win ugly games. Like I alluded to the rain, I think this was mm. kind of an ugly game all the way around. I mean, there were some flashes, there were some great highlights. I'm not trying to take anything away from their win, but they won three games in a row by one point, and all those games were complete dogfights, ugly yeah. games. And almost all kicks, too. Yeah. Like, they didn't score, like, hardly any tries. It's just, you know, penalty kick, penalty kick, penalty kick, which, you know, you take points when you can get them, but wasn't it, uh, who was it? I swear, like, it was right before the final. Um, They were talking about how, I want to say it was maybe Owen Farrell's father, the coach for Ireland, might have been complaining about how South Africa won their semifinal match to advance on it's like how it was like bad for rugby because oh, all that they were was, doing was uh, kicking that was well Ian Foster the New Zealand head coach was talking about two different brands of rugby and that we'll Maybe decide was, we'll yeah. decide which one the world wants because New Zealand is known to play more <laughs> ball in hand than I don't know if that's what it was but might have been I do think that like I alluded to the rain and we haven't delved into the third place game but England beat Australia, Argentina, which I thought was a little bit of a surprise, but it's mm-hmm. a very similar game plan. It's wet conditions, so like you have to you have to play the game that you're playing and win it. So I'm not taking anything away from them, but the result of the conditions were a different style of play. And I think if you can put the ball and put pressure with downfield kicks, and you've got a guy that can slot it from anywhere in the field, like Owen Farrell, like. Andre Pollard, Andre Pollard mm. for South Africa and England. I mean, those are the two that ultimately came out in the winning side of those brackets. I was going to say what I'm hearing from you oh God, to simplify <laughs> the long and short of it. We got a toy going off in the background. All right. I knew this, that was, <laughs> I knew this place was haunted. I knew it. I've never heard that toy before that. I'm going to turn that on. In my basement, my kids have a puzzle. When you put the pieces in, it plays a song, and every time you turn the lights off, it goes off. So, weird. Yeah, it's creepy. <laughs> yeah, no, sometimes I'll be playing video games down here, and then just a toy starts talking, and I'm like, ah, shut up. So, anyways, the long and short of it, as you said, what I'm hearing, New Zealand, or no, sorry, South Africa didn't win that game. 
New Zealand lost. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't want to say that they don't deserve it because they are they're the world beaters. They won the last World Cup. What they do is mm-hmm. win big games. But my honest opinion is, if that game is played ten times, New Zealand wins at nine of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. if they have their captain for at least half the game. Right. So game. if they get don't have a bullshit reversal on a knock on that was ten minutes after. Which, 10 minutes before a try. And I'll it, say, too, like, we had a bar full of people. Half to three-fourths of the people actually play rugby, know what's going on. The other quarter of people were just random people. For random fans, just sports people or just random people watching, this was a really entertaining final, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, I, I mean, it was some of the best, like – to have a match that close at that high of a level. And then again, the adversity that New Zealand had to face to still stay in it because there's teams where you lose your captain, the wheels fall off. Mm-hmm. I mean, New Zealand, you you expect discipline. You expect that from them. So I'm playing down a man the entire – pretty much like yeah. what, almost 60 minutes of the entire match. Yeah. So I think for like, you know, again, being unbiased and not having like any rooting interest, this was the best outcome. Like to have rugby played at this level this closely – for all the matches. I think that's good for world rugby. I mean, I think that's good for... It was a good, entertaining tournament for people who didn't have a rooting interest unless they, you know... I don't know. Before history is written... It's played. Before it's frozen in time... It's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver... It's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Did you guys look at, like, some of the social media posts, though, from, like, um, you know, like, they have, like, an actual, like, World Rugby Cup, um, like, Instagram and, like, all these other, like, different outlets and stuff. Have you ever looked at any of the comments, though, for the final? Like, oh, my God, dude. Some people just could not let it go. Like with the loss and just completely, just obviously blaming like, like New the Zealand referee. Fans? Yeah, oh, well, okay. that's weird though to me because, like, when so we went to <coughs> Soldier Field and Ireland played New Zealand and stuff, and New Zealand lost to Ireland. Was that all the fans were like super nice like afterwards because like I was walking around with an Ireland jersey and they're like, oh, you guys did great, like congrats, and it's just like I barely know anything. I'm like, not I Conor McGregor. Like, jersey. <laughs> <laughs> so like I just thought that was weird that of so many people were just bitching on social media about it like. Well, I, I think it also gets like, you know, Wayne Barnes is English. So it's, well, I was going to bring that up too, but yeah. yeah, go ahead. But I, I mean, I think there's a lot to be said about how the World Cup was officiated in general, but I will say that I don't think Wayne Barnes did anything wrong. I thought he no. called a great, I thought every game I watched, frankly, mm-hmm. I mean, there, you're what the problem is with how tightly things are called and I think it's a root problem, an overall problem, not with a single person making a single call. Mm-hmm. I thought Wayne Barnes called a great game. What I think does need to change, in my opinion, the TMO system. Yes. I'm not I'm not necessarily against, you know, if we're playing a game, and some people don't agree with this, but if we're playing a game and, you know, I tackle Ryan and it looks high and you give me a yellow and it's like, okay, it's easy to give you a yellow. Someone else will decide if it's a red. I can continue to run the game and put – take that pressure off of me in the moment i'm okay with that so we've got serious injury mm-hmm. and serious contact and then putting the putting the ball on the ground for the try yeah did that happen those two reviews i'm okay with but if fucking 
there's a knock-on in a line-out. Yeah. Five minutes after fucking South Africa knocked off a line-out that wasn't called. So we wait four phases. Mm-hmm. Aaron mm-hmm. Smith scores, and then we're going to go back four phases and call a knockout that got missed. That would that would literally be like in football if you had a holding call and you missed it, and then you let them play three more downs, and then all of a sudden be like, oh, actually, there was a holding three plays ago, so we're going to actually you know enforce that penalty now. Like, or it'd be, or it'd if you be returned like, a punt for a touchdown, they said you went out of bounds, then they found out you were in bounds, but you uh, called fair catch before it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You just mixed up two things. <laughs> but they're but both, I just, yeah, they're both terrible. I just think that the guy, I text this to you guys, the guy in the middle with the whistle should call the game. And then when it comes to serious injuries and whether a ball is scored or not, I'm okay with mm-hmm. replay, I suppose, the TMO, whatever. But anyway, I, that's kind of a tangent I didn't know if I wanted to go off on or not. But. I do like it, though, because, I mean, when you look at refing and you look at the law book and the way it's set up, it is very like, hey, it's open to interpretation. We want to keep it flowing. And, again, going back to the fans' experience with it, like you don't want to be sitting there waiting because that's when people change the channel. Like, cool tell me what it is in five minutes i'm gonna go and then maybe i won't come back it's like yeah guy in the middle just make the calls and then for the big ones like you said injuries and scoring take your time that's fine Mm because after a score anyways you have 90 seconds for the kick and then the kickoff like figure it out then if it's not cool play on but yeah yeah, every little knock on every little offside every like called in the moment the human element kind of Adds a little something to it. Yeah, I think it's referee. part of the game. Part of the game. I think it's part of the game. Yeah, and then keeping it free-flowing. I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you truly want a perfect game, again, I go back to thinking of, like, a D3 rugby match, and you hear guys all the time yelling, hands in the rock, he's offsides, that's a knock-on. If we stop the game every single time someone said something happened, we would play for maybe a total of six minutes out of 80 minutes yeah. because we'd be constantly in scrums. We'd constantly be talking with the referee. It would be no fun. I Let did want to say after you talking to the Adam Falk second interview, I was watching one of these games. It might've even been the final, but it was one of the last three games and the sir had a hot mic and I heard a bunch of guys on the field in the world cup final or semifinal yelling knock. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's not nearly as aggressive or as often, Mm -hmm. but it definitely still happens at the highest level. You just, your brain can't (laughs) not do that. Like as much as you're like, Oh, let it go. Oh, he called advantage. Like you just see it. You say it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's funny at the highest level. Mm -hmm. Even they do it. It makes me feel better. Yeah. (laughs) Vindicated. I think it was, uh, that game too <coughs> there's a penalty called and it's on like New Zealand's 40 meter line maybe halfway and then there's a kick that goes opposite side of the field all the way to the try zone and they're chasing it down I think Cheslin Colby and Will Jordan are jockeying for the ball like close to the try zone and plays dead and finally on the high, hot mic you can hear Sam Whitelock say to um, Wayne Barnes, uh, sir, they're still playing down there. <laughs> it had been like almost, you know, like probably 20, 30 seconds, and these guys were still playing 50 meters away from the, which and, I just thought the, was funny. The cameras cut to the sideline, and there was like guys on the team jumping up and down. Like, yeah, because oh, yeah, yeah. South Africa was about to score. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, look at that. Wow. Yeah, it was that hooker that got, yeah. that got hurt in the first two minutes. But anyway, um, so that sucked. I was real bummed. But I just got a couple more things yeah. on the game. 
Um, and congratulations to South Africa. Sure. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. If we haven't yeah. said it already, yeah. you know, I'm sure they've been waiting for that. Uh, so <laughs> send them a gift basket. South Africa's seven. Peter Stefatoa. I think that's how you say it, but mm-hmm. it's like Peter hyphen Steph and then D U space T O I T. But that's just what it sounds. I don't know their language and their. I don't. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Their names. I can barely speak English. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had like twenty eight tackles, and if you watch oh, the game, like because I watched it a couple times and watched it knowing that, it's not like he was lucky twenty eight times. Yeah. He had twenty eight tackles, and I bet. 16 of them were fucking game changing. Like, put wow. his shoulder into Jordy Barrett's ribs, who's a big man. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. like, I'm talking stop momentum, shift momentum. Mm-hmm. You're not going to me- get the game. I'm talking momentum killing tackles. Yeah. And, like, not to mention cover tackles to stop any second motion. I mean, right. he w- he got player of the game and he fucking deserved it. It yeah. was unreal. He also has his dad's ACL, which is weird. That's I sent so, that to you. You yeah. sent that? Oh my God. The, so Nichols sent me a TikTok or an Instagram reel mm-hmm. basically about how like this dude tore his ACL and was like, nope, I need to go back and train. And then he went in for surgery and then his dad's like, oh, you can have mine. And then like, there they are. Like, took his tendon out Mm -hmm. gave it to his son and then he said like what a week later he was back on the farm like picking berries or something yeah whatever the fuck whatever he does and he's just like he's tougher than me Mm -hmm. it's just like he's running around on his dad's acl so it's basically a performance enhancement so should be outlawed yeah the whole the whole cup is a fraud in protest (laughs) Uh, we're gonna protest because like he has old man strength in that knee Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) like his (laughs) He's got a, He's a thirty-year-old man with a seventy-year-old ACL. It's not fair. That's not fair. That makes it better. <laughs> um, I do just have a couple things. I may. I think I was kind of being a little aggressive here, like overly pro South Africa in my notes because how much I was mad. But there, Andre Pollard is known for making kicks. You know, it's like he's mm-hmm. Adam Vinatieri, but he played a really good game. He put the offense where it needed to be. Showed up defensively. He did more than just stand there when there was a penalty um and yeah that's about all i got sucks i think new zealand just started off early not clicking and then when they got things going at the end of the game too little too late too little too late mm-hmm. richie Mwanga missed the conver- missed the conversion from the corner and jordy doesn't make that kick blah 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 and i know that fucking wombats player was saying it should have been damien mckenzie that kicked it yeah, Juju was saying that. Uh, yeah, it's not. It was always Jordy Barrett's kick. It was like 15 years. It's just the way it is. But <laughs> anyway, I was just already pissed off at that point of the game. <laughs> Juju, Juju was yelling. He was just yelling across the whole bar like, hey, he shouldn't be kicking it. should be the other guy. And Nichols was just like, no. No. <laughs> That's My favorite part of the whole thing, though, uh, watching that palace, just like every time looking over at Nichols and yelling at Nichols like, how you doing over there, Nichols? You still stressed? <laughs> <laughs> Just fuming over in the corner. <laughs> Makes me wonder. Never mind. I'm not going to say that. Okay. So then I was going to talk about just the World Cup overall. Yeah. We kind of alluded to some of this stuff. I talked about how it's. Oh, yeah. Uh, England beat Argentina. Mostly because of kick pressure and Owen Farrell's boot. Argentina came back late. Argentina started slow. I think if the Argentina in the second half would have played two halves, they would have wiped the floor with England. Their flanker was insane. Oh, that uh, with the big beard? Yeah, he ran so hard. And, like, that's the stereotypical Argentina player that I think of when Mm -hmm. I think of them uh, because of just 
stuff like that. And then they had that line out where they threw Threw him in the air. They released him. Like spun like a cheerleader. Yeah, Yeah. that was insane. Is that legal? We don't know. And and we were talking about like okay, like for it to be legal, you have to control them down, and like it has to be safe. And it's like, well, if I tried that, it would not be safe. But like those guys, sure, it was. Does he just have to land safely, and then that that Mm -hmm. like makes it safe or do right. they have to put him in a safe position because they did not do that yeah. did it impede play I think the TMO <laughs> should go back now and overturn it and they should continue the game <laughs> <laughs> they should re- they should give Aaron Smith his try and New Zealand wins yeah. well, you know. it all yeah domino effect but no, it was, th- it was a it was a really fun game, but it's a was- third, it's a consolation game. I think it's mm-hmm. sorry, I think it's really good for England because of how they were coming in. Mm-hmm. I heard some English podcasts kind of like I was alluding to with the weather, like maybe it puts paints England into a better light than they actually are because of the conditions and the way that they won that game. Mm-hmm. But I'm not gonna say that. Uh, World Cup overall, what's your reaction? What's your take on it? So, yeah, we talked about the draws, how they were done shortly after COVID. They were several years back, and the Scotland, South Africa, and Ireland being in the same pool was maybe unfair or could have been done differently. I'm not trying to put any language out there, but I do think that that made for some pretty interesting uh, scorelines. I mean, we've got France (coughs) and Ireland were both undefeated in pool play and didn't make it out of the quarters. That's crazy. And so that's just some excitement. Um, I think um, two, two, two teams that I think coming out of the cup did better than expected and were two teams on the rise were Fiji and Portugal. Mm-hmm. I thought Fiji is kind of always a hometown favorite. I remember from the Vegas Sevens that I've gone to, everyone, everyone know, loves Fiji. everyone's second team is Fiji. Mm-hmm. But I think they did, they did better even than that would suggest. Mm-hmm. I thought they really – cemented themselves on the cusp of being a tier one nation and i think the only thing holding them back is probably funding like their head coach is not going to be their coach anymore after this world cup and i everyone wonders why because he did such a great job but he hasn't seen his family in like two years because he lives in either new zealand or australia and he's coaching in fiji right so it's a tough spot to occupy Mm -hmm. that coaching and then portugal i thought portugal came in as like a quote-unquote minnow team that's a team that's going to get routed sorry i'm trying to go quick um but they legitimately played good rugby and this is just coincidence but yesterday i went back and watched the fiji portugal game Mm -hmm. and that might be my game of the tournament i mean that was i mean talk about excitement there's a lot on the line. If if Portugal beats Fiji and Fiji mm-hmm. doesn't get a bonus point, then Argentina goes through or Australia goes through, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then Portugal just their pride and all that. It was just it's a really good game. I thought that some, was uh, after that game. Didn't the Fijian coach go into the I saw something. He went into the locker room for the Portuguese team and like gave, mm-hmm. gave them a gave them a jersey. Yep. Yeah, he did because he was he just he respected them so much. The fuck out of and if you watch the game, Portugal left points on. On the field, they mm. could have scored more. Mm. Uh, anyway, Samoa and Australia are my two negative teams. I was really hot on Samoa going into the tournament. Lima Supawanga, the fly half that came played, was hurt. They had a couple other guys like, uh, um, or maybe he's going to play for Tonga. Anyway, they had some injury issues and they just never really played all that cohesive. Australia, we talked yesterday or last week about how their union's kind of a mess. They didn't get out of the corners. The shit and caviar thing you said. Or? Yeah. Uh, Eddie Jones, yeah. There we go. 28 minutes, 57 seconds. We swore. Is that the first one? I think so. Well, Caviar is a swear word? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's an expensive word. It is expensive. <laughs> All right. I've got New Zealand, Ireland written down. Oh, that's probably the second 
uh, best game of the mm. tournament. I really do. I really think either one of those teams could have been in the final. Mm. I mean, that at that caliber, I'm not arguing any of my previous points. Um, Just say you you hate that South African one. It really grinds my gears. <laughs> it's like they're they're like they're the first team with four wins, or, and it's like well. It was either them or New Zealand. They both had three going into it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And just, uh, and then the TMO we already talked about. So I think uh, what's their record uh, in World Cups against each other? I don't know. You have to ask our statistician. Try. Oh, she's gone. She's gone. Yeah. No. That wasn't her. That was fake. So I don't know. I tried to be less wordy. No I have time, like no a minute by minute breakdown of these games, but it was really fun. Uh, making noise into the mic. What are you doing, man? <clears throat> what? No. This, you, like I've said time and time again, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen all the games, just go back and rewatch the games on Peacock because that content is always good. It's it's always good to, as a player, assuming you're listening to this game, watch these games and think, what would I do if a ball gets kicked to me and I'm in this position. You know, the more rugby you watch, the better you'll be, the better the sport, the more growth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's always good to, why do you do that? I think that's a good idea. That's a bad idea. I think it's really good to watch people play at the highest level. Well, and it's funny you say that too, because watching these matches, especially with like Ridgeway, who's our coach of the Wombats and having a bunch of Wombats there, we're watching how these teams are playing and we're like, oh man, we need to change our game plan. Like, we see a bunch of stuff where it's like, this is cool, this is cool, and then we start looking at it like, okay, well, we can't do this because like we physically aren't able to kick it 50 meters anytime <laughs> we want. Like, There's just certain things where you're like, man, we only see Midwest rugby, we only see other Iowa clubs, and then to watch these matches, it just really changes your perception of like, we're playing the same game, but we're not at all. Like, it's complete. You know what I mean? Does that yeah. make sense? I like, know exactly what you mean, and I guess – and that's that that's true like yeah. you're not going to do the 60 meter kick back and forth back and forth and mm-hmm. you know but what you can notice is that when they kick you can un- try to understand why they're kicking right you know so like yeah. you saw pretty early like in the new zealand france game like the first game i remember new zealand pretty confident was like all right we're gonna run the ball twice we're kicking when we're inside our own half you know like they had a game plan and then like certain kind of kicks like okay that guy's kicking and why just watch the kicker he's not moving it's because someone else is advancing the offsides line mm, so and yeah. that's a that was a planned structural move as opposed to this guy kicking scrambling and then he's sprinting down the field right. you know just kind of watch the i don't know there's yeah. just a lot to watch more than the guy like waiting for someone to juke somebody out or yeah. pop mm-hmm. kick it to himself and score there's yeah. a lot of just watch the flow of the game and well and just also understanding too like when they're running crash balls like it's setting up a backline play it's setting up a kick it's setting something else up where in the midwest you know we take a lot of pride in like we're just gonna out muscle you and just Mm -hmm. we're we're gonna have those flankers and eight man like we're gonna run through we're gonna wear you down and that's how we're gonna do it and it's like you watch these matches and it's like they're like they are setting something up. And Mm -hmm. if like, I think it was that Argentina England third place match. There was this crazy inside ball where like they faked a crash ball to the forwards and then they went back inside and it was a great line by their flanker, but it was like, it was trickery. You know what I mean? It wasn't just like straightforward. Like I'm going to run through you. They had to set something up 
to get a break for their flanker to score. You know what I mean? Like you it can, wasn't. Yeah, you can manipulate the defensive line with mm-hmm. motion and different mm-hmm. ways, and even if it's it's not necessarily an overload <clears throat> in and of itself, but you can create it through mm-hmm. not a lot of complicated motion. And yeah. if you are all running together, right? And because it, it was very like. All right, we're just we're setting up that phase for the back line, like just a nice easy. Here's three guys in a pod, three guys in a pod, three guys in a pod. Psych, kind of like that dragon play we used to run, like back door, just mm, yeah. And then it's like, all right, cool. And it was like it felt like a huge run. It was twelve meters. You think <laughs> that uh, you think that we talked to these World Cup squads and we're like, all right, we're gonna show you the dragon. They'd be like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Is, a switch off the ruck? I learned, yeah. I learned this when I was six. <laughs> yeah, this is what helped us beat Illinois back in t- 2009. Well, <laughs> really like, good. We got this play called New Zealand. Yeah. <laughs> or like just, Chicago Lions. Uh, if you yeah, watch yeah. the Ireland national team play, I mean, they're very – they run everything. It's like clinical. It's almost boring Super to fast. watch how, how perfect it is. But mm. if you look at it closely – all these it's like lots of times these runners have there's always three options there's like a short ball an outside ball or a wide ball you know just watch just watch fucking rugby and it's really cheap on peacock to watch the highest level that's all i got to say about that (laughs) nice well that was our world cup correspondent eric nichols we finally did it after or weeks and weeks and weeks talking about it see you in four years see you in four years (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna say something at the start of the show and i forgot uh, happy Veterans Day. Thank you to all the veterans out there. Veterans Day was oh, this weekend. It was. Uh, all the rugby veterans we have. Uh, probably a lot out there. So yeah. I you. might have just increased the volume too much. I forget how loud I am. So. <laughs> well, it's not how loud you are. It's that you put the microphone like two inches from your face. Well, I just want to make sure the veterans hear me because <laughs> combat is loud and tinnitus in the ears, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Well, again, seriously, though, joke. thank you very much. And uh, we'll continue on. Thanks, Gimli. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, we're going to move into a recap of a lot of college matches, club matches. We're in playoff season in the Midwest. So we are actually going to throw it over to Ian Klein. He is a sophomore fullback from the university or Iowa State University. And they had a pretty good weekend. Naturally. They They always do. Yeah. (laughs) So let's give Ian a call. Go clones. This interview is brought to you by Tighthead Brewing Company. Tighthead Brewing Company is a craft brewery located in Mundelein, a suburb of Chicago. Their brew pub is a neighborhood institution where friends and families can meet up and enjoy great music, wonderful company, and the best beer in town. Since they opened their doors in 2011, they've poured their heart and soul into every glass. Stop in and taste what they're talking about. Also, if you are not from Chicago, make sure you go to your local grocery store, liquor store, restaurant, bar, pub, whatever. Ask the bartender, ask the owner, ask whoever runs the place for Tight Head Brewing Company beer. They distribute through Dahl Distributing. You can drink it in Iowa. It is found in Iowa. And oh yeah, the name Tight Head. Bruce played rugby for 13 years, mostly as a Tight Head prop. Bruce is the owner, founder, and master brewer. Enjoy Tight Head Brewing Company. All right, and now we are joined by Ian Klein from Iowa State University. Ian, how you doing? Doing good, doing good. Been a long day, so yeah, nice you, to get back home. You just got back to Ames? I did. I haven't even packed yet. So. Oh, man. So uh, where were you guys this weekend? We were down in Kansas City playing in uh, Lawrence, actually. Um, that's where our games were. 
playing K-State and KU. Nice. And so, first match you had, this is the Heart of America Conference Championship. North versus South, one seed versus two seed. Who did you guys play first? We played K-State. That was our first game. Gotcha. And how'd that match go for you? Went really well for us. Um, defense showed out there. We let them um, not score any, so that was really good. Um, and then we executed on our offensive plan and finished the game off. So... Nice. Who are some guys that stepped up in that match? Because I know this squad, like talking to Coach Frein, he was talking about how, you know, a lot of new guys in the lineup this year. Who are some guys as you're getting into the conference tournament who've really stepped up as as leaders or playmakers for you? Justin Johnson at our 10. He's been um, maneuvering our offense very well. Um, His kicking ball is the best I've ever seen it. he was the top of the tournament in his leg game. We also have a new guy here, LJ. Um, his running and finding gaps is really well. Um, right. Our forwards, AG's done a great job with getting our forwards ready. So has Owen McGuffin and Ant. Um, they really gave us the gaps that we needed for this tournament and against K-State. And then we have a new guy, Hunter Hetzer. Um He's been showing out and on the wing and taking it in, um, holding that outside spot at the wing for us to ship it out to him whenever we need to. And then we also have Pelkey holding the other side of the wing and making defensive plays out there and stopping that um, wing ball. Nice. And you play fullback for Iowa State. How do, do. you How do you incorporate yourself into the offense? Are, do you, are you more of an offensive player, defensive player? What's your style of game? Um, so I am the second playmaker for the team. Um, defensively, I'm helping out the wing on the outside. So every once in a while, me and LJ will switch on who's on the line based on who's kick chasing. But mainly, I'm going to help the wing on the outside and trap that ball and not let it get outside. Um, offensively, I'm in charge of one pod and then... We're just playmaking. It's a really of a flow offense between me and Justin. Um, and we do very well at getting the ball to the outside there and finding gaps in the defense. Nice. And then so conference championship, you got the one seed Iowa State from the north taking on the one seed from the south is Kansas. Kansas defeated the University of Iowa. And, you know, rematch from last year's conference tournament. You guys won last year. You end up winning this year. What was the story of the game this year? Because the scoreline looked like you guys were were in control for most of that match. Defensively, we were um, very much in control. I feel like the game was a lot closer than what the score said. Um, But our defense allowed us to keep control of that game. Hmm. Um, We capitalized off of um, defensive turnovers. Um, a lot in that game and then we just kept possession as much as we could on offense to really take it home so I think defensively we just kept them in control which really helped nice and I saw that you ended up getting player of the tournament how was that congratulations I did I did Um, I was not expecting it um we have a lot of great players on our team. I think it's really difficult to say who the best player was at that tournament 
on our team. We got players like Drew, AG, Chris, and the forward pack. AG and Chris in the forward pack leading us. Um, and then we have Justin's kicks. Justin's kicks were on this weekend. Um, he really stepped up. So it, I think it was really hard to tell who the player was. So I want to get kudos to the team because they set it up for me. Yeah, spoken like a true MVP right there. <laughs> okay, okay. Very, very, very gracious. Very gracious. <laughs> no, and so it sounds like, too, you say, you know, I would say you guys have a really physical squad, um, well-coached, but it also sounds like a big part of the game plan is the kicking and the territory. Is it a big part of your game plan? You know, pin them deep and then have great defense and try to force them to play the whole field? Is that kind of what we're looking at for the Iowa State squad? It is. We want to get them deep in their own half, and then we want to make um, use our defensive control game to make them make mistakes that we will capitalize on. Um because when we have a great leg like Justin and LJ, there is no need in trying to march down the field and use energy and time when we can just kick it down there and then stop them on defense. Is Justin your fly half? Yep, he is. Nice. And so now you guys are in that point of the season because the conference or the governing body that you guys play in splits the season and nationals is in the spring mm. what's the plan for the off season to keep the guys together to keep the guys focused to keep the guys working on that goal because i remember last year too same thing ended up playing san diego in the national championship how do you guys keep that focus rolling into the spring it's gonna be a lot of the weight room um and conditioning I think is the main thing. We're going to get together every once in a while, have a mini practice here and there, but mainly we want to give guys a break um, so they can focus on school and finals coming up. Um, but mainly we just want to get in the weight room, get our lungs ready for um, the coming postseason. Um, and mainly we'll do some social events together. We all stay in contact very well. Oh, yeah. um, keep our mind in the in the game of rugby by showing up to a house and watching um, USA play. Um, I know they have a few games coming up here soon. Um, oh, yeah, they just played Brazil. They got a match against yep. Spain coming up. So Yep. So we'll probably get together. We'll watch a few rugby games whenever they come up and just stay in constant contact and thinking about the games. Nice. And also with that, you know, Last year, you guys were in a similar situation. What do you feel like makes, or what do you feel is different from this team this year than last year's team? What sets you guys apart? It's kind of difficult. Um, <laughs> we got a really young team, um, a lot younger than last year. Um, I think the last year team was really good to watch that was the first year i came to iowa state i was gonna I say was you're really... a sophomore so i mean that's some that's saying something like you were a freshman last year yep um i gotta travel with the team in the postseason i gotta see how west cahill rowan uh nick gill they gotta play their positions um which helped me a lot but mm -hmm. anyway um so this young team we're really fired up um we have a lot of motivation and hopefully we can carry that into next season. Um, and I think we're just really fired up right now. Nice. Ready to go. 
Nice. And you played at Ankeny High School. You played in the Iowa Youth Rugby Association. What's that transition been like to go from, you know, playing sevens in Iowa to now you're playing for Iowa State University? Um, was that transition easy? How, how's that been for you? Um, it was definitely different. Um, I only played one semester of sevens in high school and then immediately transferred to 15s um, right off the bat. So um, Ant did a great job, Ant and Owen and Matt and the coaches. They do a great job at getting the young guys um, ready for this type of skill. Um, but so them and transitioning into that position was really good. Um, it is a lot different, um, just in the play style Yeah. and getting that going. It's kind of hard to explain. I I Um, hear you. Like we see it all the time with guys, you know, going from sevens to fifteens and either really struggling and and quitting because it is a big jump and, and, they don't feel the support or they don't feel like they're knowledgeable enough to know. Um, you know, how many guys do you have on the squad who played high school rugby in Iowa? Cause it seems like, I don't know. We keep thinking that the Iowa high school league is getting better year after year. And we think, you know, there's a lot of great players who, who go to these state schools that played in the high school league in Iowa. Um, do you guys have a lot of guys from Iowa that are playing? It's a good amount. I can't really give you the exact number. Yeah. Um, we do have Zach English, which who I play for. Marcus Teed, <sighs> he came in. Um, Hunter Hetzer played a little bit of sevens in high school. Um, but there's a lot of guys that did come from Iowa sevens. So can't give you the exact number, though. No, I got gotcha. you. No, it just seems like year after year, the league's getting a little better. Guys are starting to play in college it's good to see and and you know iowa state's having success you and i's having success iowa made it to the championship weekend yep. um a lot of a lot of good stuff happening in iowa yeah i think it's definitely great um it's definitely <clears throat> growing i've been seeing it growing here and i can definitely see the skill level going up yeah years yeah. comes Ian, I was just wondering, you know, we've had Ann on the show several times. He seems like he's doing a really good job. What do you think is his best strength as a coach, and how much does he empower you guys to make your own decisions on the field, or does do you guys go into every game with a pretty strict game plan? We do have a set system, um, and then we run um, our own kind of style plays off it. We do have set piece moves and many moves um, off our phases. But we go in with the mentality that we're going to run this system. If all breaks down, we go to this system no matter what. If it gets chaotic, get it to our forwards and then find gaps with our backs. So it's a set system where we're allowed to make our own individual moves. We all have different characteristics in our moves. And using our forwards allows our backs to get... um, some personality and some flair in the game a little bit, but mainly we're going to stick to our system. No, that's good. I like it. My last question for you is, do you guys still do the take it to the house before games, like the trick daddy song from back in the day? No, I've not heard about any of that. Oh man. What a fucking bummer. You guys have the, I always say that the greatest pregame chant ever. Anyway, never heard of this. 
Next alumni, me. next me. next alumni weekend, you're gonna have to get a story from someone, mm-hmm. and uh, you know maybe they'll maybe they'll teach you guys, and that'll be what takes you guys to even a higher level. You guys are at a very high level right now. <laughs> it's really fun to watch what you guys are accomplishing between you know being in two national championships last year, winning one of them. You, you know you're on the path to do the same thing this year. Um, you know. Keep it going. It's fun to watch. We appreciate you for coming on and talking with us. Um, and, yeah, good luck this off season and good luck going into Nationals coming up this spring, man. For sure. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah, have a good Thank one. Thank you, man. Good love luck. You. I you. love you. You guys too. Love you too. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and that was Ian. Great to hear what they're up to. Good kid. Yeah, and congrats to Iowa State to advance on. That's huge. Mm -hmm. Like, looking forward to seeing how they do in the spring. I mean, he's got a ways, I guess, until then. But He's got some some knowledge for only a couple years in the game. Yeah, only a sophomore. Like, what, he said he played, like, a year in high school? One semester, yeah. yeah. I mean, and must be. Like, well, I guess, too, he was falling around West probably because, you know, backup full well essentially backup fullback learning from him and stuff yeah. so Wes is a pretty knowledgeable guy oh for sure so. sounds like a cutie too <laughs> handsome man what's, what's what Ant said what's that group of what did Ant call his like three uh his back three guys is like five the five eight or five nine uh god I can't remember what it was but he was like making fun of their height essentially yeah. in it. but I can't remember what the group was we'll have to god, we'll, this is gonna bother me I can't think what a great no job. What a great joke, Bill. <laughs> Shut up, Nichols. <laughs> so, Heart of America <laughs> Rugby, uh, they had their conference tournament, and that's what we were talking about. So, Iowa State defeats Kansas in the final. Then, Minnesota ended up getting seventh place. This was crazy. They were supposed to play Nebraska. Uh, Nebraska on their way down. One of their cars hit a deer. Oh, shit. <laughs> and, no, they... <laughs> I believe it. They hit a deer, and dudes had minor injuries, but they decided not oh, to play because sure. five guys in their like they're missing five of their starters. Oh deer. god! And then they went home, and they're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna call it." So Minnesota ends up getting seventh place. Arkansas defeats Missouri for fifth, and then let's see, third place. Iowa defeated Kansas State, and then Iowa State defeated Kansas. Alex Geisert, AG, that's what Ian was calling him. Alex Geisert, he was the player of the year in the conference for the boards. Uh, Trevor Lister from Kansas was the backline player of the year. Mm. And then Ian Klein, who we just talked to, was the player of the tournament. Oh, my God. I just talked to that guy. I know him. <laughs> I know him. <laughs> We're best friends now. We all said I love you to him. Yeah. <laughs> you thought about saying it back. Uh, 
Ant Frying did share this news. So Alex oh. Geyser, great player. You know, I think he's got he's friend of the program. He's been on the show. Yep. Uh, he's got you know aspirations to play at a high level, higher level, mm-hmm. go to MLR. Uh, Ant Frying texted me today as I was getting info. He's going to come back for a fifth year to Iowa State. Oh, oh nice. Okay. Yeah. So he plays he plays lock for him. And did you see the all conference team? It was like what? yeah, mostly like Iowa State guys. It was like all Iowa State guys <laughs> yeah. besides the front row. It yeah. was insane. So huge to get him back. Um, also this weekend, there was multiple matches that were played at Bremer County Bucks Field in mm. Waverly. Loyola played against um, uh, Mankato. Mankato yep. from Minnesota, mm-hmm. and Loyola ended up winning. And then Wayne State ended up playing Euclid. Yep. And Wayne State won that one. So, again, I think it's really cool to see senior side men's teams hosting college playoffs. You know, having that crossover. You have a neutral site, less driving, because that's the biggest issue is just there's so much driving. Yeah. Um, they can meet in the middle, and then they can also interact with the men's club. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of, a lot of cool matches. And yeah. I, I sent the picture to Robbie because he said something to me earlier about how when people take pictures at Bremer's Field, you have the the cattle barn. Oh the, yeah, the, yeah. The auction barn, and Mankato is like, oh, great season or season end here ends here. Back, yeah. And in the background, you can see the I saw that auction barn. <laughs> no, that was that's a the really cool barn. yeah the sale yep, barn. Yeah, sale that was barn. a cool opportunity though for Bremer. I love that. Like, it would have been fun to go up to watch that, but yeah, you know. I love that for them. No, <laughs> no, it's really cool to see, and so. Um, also, speaking of you and I, Goff Rugby Report, I don't know if you saw, they had a video about their top surprises from this season, and one of the surprises was just how you and I men's team has just been kicking everybody's ass, and I thought that was interesting, and I know there's been talk from other people when you see you and I defeating teams by such a wide margin, people are like, oh, they should just move up a conference, and Casey Hansen responded to people and then those people deleted their comments which, which is I, awesome <laughs> which i thought was pretty funny but it's like it's such an easy cop-out to be like oh this team's too good they should bump up and it's like w- i mean we all were a part of you and i the last 15 years you and i has been constantly growing and growing and growing to compete at a national level why can't you put some of that on the opponents to be like hey whitewater you used to be at this level get back there or Loyola was at that level last year get yeah. back but there. and everything too goes in waves again. ebbs and like flows talking, yep. yeah, it, yeah everything is up and down because like Duluth was dominant for like when we were playing yeah. and Whitewater was dominant for a few years you know like near my tail end and like mm-hmm. you know obviously like everything goes in waves but yeah I think what the point was to what he was making was like the teams that have won it the past few years are varsity programs they're mm-hmm. backed by the school not backed by the school almost any of the d2 teams are not backed by the school right. so it's like you shouldn't bump up a team just because they're whooping and, everybody's ass if they're club and also too the travel because that was something too that like too, yeah. golf rugby was talking about in his video was like oh these d2 teams like yeah they don't travel and it's like yeah because that costs so much money so much oh, yeah. time and money take class off on friday yeah Monday. Like, you you could do it if you were a varsity program. You could do it if you had support. If someone else planned your trips, I'll never forget the times when it's like we had road trips at UNI, and it was like, hey, meet in this parking lot, leave your car there for two days, and, and then you just get in a stranger's car, and you just kind of drive across the country. Like, and drive to Ohio State and get approached by their athletic training staff and ask if we need anything, and we're befuddled. Like, no, we don't. <laughs> 
We don't need it. Do you, like, do you want to check sips? And I remember going, we're good if you're good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, things have changed now, man. Yeah, Everybody yeah. needs tape and all this other random shit. Yeah, and like, it was oh, yeah. a different world. <laughs> yeah. Different world. Yeah. So it's cool that Goff Rugby, like, shouted out you and i men's rugby to be like wow they're they're doing great mm. but then like there's that weird thing on the back end where it's like mm, should they move up should they travel more and it's like no because who knows what next year looks like with that roster yeah. or like you know when you don't have uh you know consistent income of money coming into the program to help support those things so exactly. brett Barron told me once upon a time nobody <coughs> nobody likes a winner so if you keep winning People are just going to keep talking shit. And that's why everyone talks shit about Phil. You just keep <laughs> winning too much. Mm, I haven't been winning lately. But. I'll tell you what, I'm <laughs> winning the seating arrangement right now because I can feel the BTUs coming off this man Ooh. in oh, well, all boy. my areas. <laughs> <laughs> he runs hot. He's a big boy. Moving into <laughs> the women's side of things. So, NCR Division One, we had two teams. We had Iowa State and UNI in the quarterfinals. So, UNI faced Virginia Tech. UNI wins 53-24. Wow. Just when I was watching on the VO stream, they, uh, they just had really good line breaks. There was one play, too, that made me so mad where literally ball gets picked out. Virginia Tech has the ball. They pick it out of a ruck. Girl takes two steps throws it and then the fly half gets it and then she throws it to the end center and I went back and watched it because the player from you and I cherry picks it and is going to take it to the house and I'm like nope she's offsides and it was like no she made a really good play and there was like a pass in between and it was like she clearly was onside and the referee was just like ah we got it it was like you and I was beating them by that much that yeah. late in the game they're, they're just, just like yeah, no, you're too good like, ah. yeah. penalized like, yeah. being too good yeah. So that was really fun to watch. And then Iowa State, um, they're playing against Notre Dame College. Notre Dame College is, like, the favorite. Uh, Notre Dame College wins 44-20. And, I mean, at one point, I think it was 20-5 to at halftime. Iowa State scored immediately after halftime. It was 20-10. to Really, the story was the set pieces. Notre Dame College, their scrum was very powerful. They have very high-level players. Um, I will say Ivy Lawson... Uh, number 12 for Iowa State. She had a great game, running hard. The scrum half, fly half connection, too, for Iowa State, they play very well. I think one thing, and maybe it's because we only play sevens in Iowa, like finding skilled players with that size is difficult. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that's where Notre Dame College basically – I mean, even their coach said, like, that's where we saw our advantage and that's where we took it, mm -hmm. uh, was in the scrum and then also just – really pounding it in the middle of the field so Iowa State had to collapse inside and then that opened things up outside so makes sense you know so great season for Iowa State finishing the top eight in the country and you go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the favorite number one or number two team in the country Notre Dame College so great season for Iowa State uh the next uh let me see here we had then yesterday you and I played against Michigan. Michigan's ranked number one in the country. So this is to go to the national championship. Michigan ends up winning 22-15. to 15. I wasn't able to watch the match. Uh, it's a rematch from last year, I'm pretty sure. 
Uh, Michigan knocked out Northern Iowa last year too, yeah. and I think this is a much closer margin. So, Way closer, yeah. Yeah, you and I is. It, I mean, they're chipping away at it. Obviously, not the result they want to only lose by seven. They're gaining ground. Gaining ground. I mean, again, like you want to win that one, but it's getting closer. And Michigan mm-hmm. has been number one all season long. Yeah, they've and been the reigning national champs. Yes, like, come on. Yep. Notre Dame College defeats Indiana 27-13. So that national title will be Michigan versus Notre Dame College, a rematch of last year's national championship. But top four in the country, you and I, nothing to hang their heads about. Uh, Great season for them as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Moving into the club scene, senior side club, uh, we have the festival match. So basically all these women's teams that don't have a full side they played in East versus a West. And in that match, Erica Calabali, Calabali of the Des Moines women's team, she ended up getting player of the match. And she used to play rugby at the University of Iowa. So yeah, really cool. So hopefully the whole point of that festival match was, you know, hopefully these teams who have 8, 9, 10, 12 players – Hopefully they can build some momentum, and then next fall they can play a whole league season. Uh, moving in, awesome. moving into more matches, uh, St. Louis Bombers defeat Cincinnati Rugby in the Midwest Championship men's side, 37-28. In the women's D2, South Buffalo defeats Grand Rapids, 30-14. to In the... Women's D1, Pittsburgh Forge defeats Columbus women, 28-5. Here we go, Phil. D3 men's, Red River Rugby defeats the Detroit Tradesmen D3, 26-23. Wow. Yeah, it's a close match. Yeah. And, yeah, going from D4 to D3 and then winning the Midwest title, like, holy shit. Makes me wonder, O'Hara always would talk about at the D3 level, y'all always have some random team that just gets – a couple capped eagles that just runs a table. Like maybe they get two guys in Fargo, North Dakota. Just I, don't know what you're saying. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about that. I don't know. I, don't, I, I get what you're saying yeah, though. Because right. like, the Austin Blacks, like, yeah, they have a bunch of retired eagles that just imagine just yeah. two yeah. guys. You know, if you have a yeah. really solid club, you get yes. Anyways, <laughs> dude, Lex is gonna be pissed. Yeah. You get two guys that can what really do something. What are you doing? What you? Sp- Oh my god, there's spilled diet Pepsi everywhere. <laughs> oh my god. No, but um yeah, it was pretty awesome to see Red River Ruffians not only win D four for the past couple of years, but then also win D three and then to get to go on to, you know, essentially what, Elite Eight essentially. Yeah, nationals, yeah, yeah, nationals. I mean, they're, so they're in it. They might end so. up running into Palm Beach. Never know. Palm Beach is D two now. They are officially? Yeah, you didn't I know. Did not that. see that. Are no. you kidding me, Phil? You are friends you didn't with know that. that. <laughs> I didn't you yeah, are shut up, Nichols. Wow. <laughs> Sorry to Hall of Famer Tim Oxenford and, and I, friend Luke Schmidt and Eric Pimentel, World Series champion. <laughs> um, yeah. They were cheaters, though. Astros. But anyways. That's not how you talk to a friend of the program. <laughs> but, good. no, I, I agree. I mean, if the Wombats could get, like, two Eagles, we would do great. <laughs> I mean, yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, We're working on it. I mean, that's why we got a website. <laughs> You're listening now. Paul. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he's free, but Phil, you're gonna hang out with him. Yeah, that might be a secret. I don't know. Not to mention Nady, Nady Berge and uh, Todd Clever. We've 
spoken to on this show. Mm-hmm. I know they're listening. Yep. So they are. I assume. <laughs> well, that's like. Do so you guys tag them if we yeah. bring them up? I mean, Phil, when we first when we first started this show, <laughs> he always assumed Phil. everybody knew what we did, and every time we'd call someone for an interview, they'd be like, "What is this for?" And Phil's like, "I just assumed everybody knew." Like nobody knows. I think every, everybody knows. Yeah, exactly. So moving into the D two Midwest Men's, the Indianapolis Indianapolis Impalas defeat Milwaukee Barbarians fifty one to zero. That's wild. That's yeah. wild to think like how good like East Side Banshees are. Mm-hmm. East Side Banshees lose, and then Milwaukee Barbarians is the team that comes through on the West Side. And then they play the Indianapolis and Paula's and lose fifty-one to zero. Yeah, that's hard to wrap my head around because it's like, what would the score be if they played us? <laughs> well, like, we're not D two, so I know, but still, Jesus. Maybe they'll run into Palm Beach. Oh my God! Holy buckets! Right. It's all coming around, <laughs> full circle. Oh uh, yeah. Men's D four, the CRC Chicago Silverbacks defeat Findlay, forty-one twenty-one, and mm. that is all the midwest club so uh yeah basically rugby's over for club that's it I mean, for us in the midwest yeah but, so i was drinking yeah. dark pop on your couch i think <laughs> <laughs> this is a disaster but also speaking of a disaster we thought that the rugby network i'm trying to transition like i'm trying to move this for no no, no I, that, I was just, that was good that was good greg you oh got my it. god you got it. if we laugh the maybe the consumer will laugh which is good for everyone, yeah. except your couch. <laughs> except for my couch. What? Multi-surface wipe. All right. Oh, Moving my God. Um, okay, so the Rugby Network. I remember network. being promised that I could watch the English Premiership for free on the Rugby Network. Yeah. Yes. And then it turns out that the Rugby Network is charging a paywall mm-hmm. to be able to watch the Premier Rugby. And then we were worried that MLR was going to be behind the paywall. That is not the case. So Hello. the rugby network so is going to the rugby network is going to give one premier rugby match per week away for free. So you do get to watch one for free, and then major league rugby will continue to be free for every single match. So Corey Munson he tweeted about it, and then Ant tweeted about it, and then Corey emailed uh, the rugby network, and they actually got back to him. Do you think that the free English Premiership match game was just going to be a random draw or the game of the week? Or, you know, I have no idea. I don't either. I, I would guess that they'd want it to be a game of the week, but I would also guess that they would rotate who gets to play in it. So it's not just like, oh, man, the Saracens have been on 12 weeks in a row. You right. know what I mean? So, like, to try to grow exposure to be like, oh, hey, look at all these teams, you know? Because la- a game this last week was the Harlequins versus Leicester, mm-hmm. and the two flyoffs opposing each other were Andre Pollard, who's the top-paid player in the world, the aforementioned South African flyoff, and yes. Marcus Smith from England, who is the second <coughs> flyoff for the English national team behind Owen Farrell. He played fullback for him so nice there's a lot of, there's a lot of star power in that league yes yeah. so well and that's what i mean i know you were saying like oh man the world cup's over like i don't know what to do with like i want to keep watching world cup rugby and uh 
No, it's a really good thing we don't have video this week because Gimli just took his shirt off. And are you gonna clean the couch with your shirt? I'm gonna dry it. I already cleaned the couch. It's just damp now. It's all right. We just got. We got to <clears throat> power through. We got to power through. High quality part heart. So, anyways, <laughs> this is a way to fill that hole. You can fill your hole, your World <laughs> Cup sized hole that you have. You can fill it with the game of the week. I don't know if you know how big my World Cup hole is. <laughs> so we need to jam some more things in there to fill that hole. You gotta fill next year, right? Oh, Phil, what God. do you use to fill your World Cup sized hole? <laughs> oh man, dude. That's you- the hardest I've laughed on this pod. <laughs> I'm going to pee my pants. Okay. Well, don't pee your pants because then we're going to have to clean that I'll side of the couch. the couch. I'll get off the couch. Okay. That's well, so I was just going to say, too, <laughs> if you need if you need something else to fill your World Cup-sized hole, USA did play Brazil in what's called the Villa International Rugby Cup in Alicante, Spain. And so interim head coach Scott Lawrence's match day 23 is another valuable testament to bringing in a new generation of Eagles. So Nate Brakely captain the squad for the first time in his 32 cap uh, career. And then also the vice captain was Nate Osberger. Friend so of the show. Friend of the show. You, <laughs> I hope so. Wouldn't it be weird if we like did have him on one time? Like, oh, we mentioned your name every single time. It's been over 100 episodes. And then he's just like, who the fuck are you, you guys? We call you Nady Berg. <laughs> also, to pivot off that, can they just make Scott Lawrence the not interim coach and just make him the real head coach finally? I've heard a lot of people. That's what everybody wants. I would like to see it. I, he cares. He he's getting all these young people. It just it seems like the right move. Nichols, there's good, there's good traction. I mean, I think I've kind of been of the unpopular opinion. I think probably because my head is pretty far up the international world rugby's ass. But mm-hmm. to get a coach from overseas that mm-hmm. maybe has a pedigree of success like knows what it takes to get there they've been there bring that to us but it's a tough market to bring someone Mm -hmm. in frankly and this guy seems to be doing a great job so he has my profound and glowing endorsement yeah (laughs) we'll write him a letter and say the b-side boys you know i'll make a recommendation you can message anybody on facebook (laughs) (laughs) i'll make a post this week and say the b-side boys we We endorse endorse you (laughs) they'll know what it means we'll talk about you more if you just pay us a weekly stipend yeah anything over 37 cents a week and we're making more we're in your pocket (laughs) (laughs) but anyways usa and i think this is just a great headline too usa blast through brazil (laughs) boom they blast through their hole they won (laughs) they won 48 to 3 so great result uh they will end up facing spain because spain defeated canada and like i think spain beat canada by 20 so i mean it was pretty well um what's wrong with the canucks man well canada sounds like they've got some things going on people aren't happy with their coach and instead of firing him they extended his contract and people in canada are super pissed about it um they've got their own problems but i mean so is the united states but this is a good sign because again a lot of new faces a lot of young people uh they're trying to see you know what works um canada being down is good for the u.s i feel like for morale too kind of the neighboring 
Because I feel like, too, you – I mean, when you do World Cup qualifying and things like that, it's like, you know, who's the North America one? Who's North America two? And it's just mm-hmm. like we kind of look at that. It's like, well, it's us or them. Mm-hmm. Like, we got to be better USA than them. always number one. Or Jamaica. Yeah, always. I mean. Let's be real. Yeah. And that's the <laughs> end of talking about that. Um, Jamaica. You're Jamaican me crazy. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so anyways, uh, next oh, thing I have. Jamaican me a new couch. There was a study done by the, it was a joint project between uh, World Rugby and the Otago Community Head Impact Detection Study, Orchard. And it was between World Rugby uh, New Zealand Rugby, Otago Rugby, University of Otago. Basically, they took mouth guards and they had a data tracking system in the mouth guard and they were trying to study the G-forces uh, when people are playing rugby. Here's what the orchard data came from in the men's community game. So basically, 86% of forces measured are the same as or less than those experienced in other forms of exercise such as running, jumping, or skipping. So 86% of the time when you're playing rugby, it's no more head impact than running, jumping, or skipping. So like the impact when your foot hits the ground and your brain shakes just that little bit. I mean, 86% of the time. No different than going out for a jog. That's nuts. 94% of the forces are lower than those previously measured with people riding a roller coaster. So, I mean, that's, yeah, that's pretty 94% of the time. Well, but this is all, like, international players, though. No. Right? No? No. That's why I said the community game. Community game. The community game. Are you here? Are you listening? Well, I was. (laughs) They also. Community game. Okay. Yeah. Senior rugby through U13. 17,000 separate head acceleration events across 300 players. When they also looked at this too, the majority of events resulting in the highest measured forces on the head are a result of poor technique in the tackle and the breakdown. So basically, when someone had a jarring hit, something that was kind of an outlier, you know, greater than that 94%, it was because of poor technique, which makes it sound like, hey, if we have really good technique, we can limit the amount of head injuries or like the the brain movement mm-hmm. that happens. So that's a really good sign for rugby. And how do you develop good technique? Good coaching. Oh. I do like this little cliff note in here, though, that says both men's and women's forwards were more likely to experience force events than backs. No way. Well, no shit, Phil. <laughs> Is that because backs have really good form? It's because we drop the ball and limp all the time. <laughs> Credit. The guys the Tom McClyman. Credit Tom McClyman. Yeah, he did say that. I will say from uh, personal experience, Personal experience. I Paul Emmerich put on a high school rugby clinic that I helped uh, man. I was like a, yeah, I was like a coach guy. And when I learned, when I took his class, I learned proper tackling technique <coughs> from the highest level. Mm. It not only, I would say, decreased the amount of times I got a head knock, but it actually made me a better tackler overall. Yeah. So I think the two things, like kind of like this study suggests, at the higher level, people are tackling correctly mm-hmm. 
and you would assume at higher levels they're more effective in tackling. I think it all goes hand in hand. So, and that's the thing too. It's interesting. Like you would think at the highest level you'd see more injuries because it's it's a faster pace. Yeah, mm-hmm. bigger, they're, stronger. They're stronger. They're faster. And like yeah. the collisions you watch, it's just like holy smokes! Like that's a lot of force. But they also have the greatest technique in the world. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like it's it's kind of like you're saying it's twofold. Well, you want good technique to keep you safe, but you also want good technique because you want to be good at tackling and the two go together. Mm-hmm. Good technique makes good tackles pop up to your feet, try to poach a ball, but also keep your brain from getting scrambled. So like either way, you need to have good technique for safety and just to be a good player. Yeah. And on Do that it. point, I mean, I watched the world cup pretty religiously and Marcus Smith, the fullback or fly half for England, I think is the only player that I remember the only notable player that I remember that missed the game because he was in the HIA protocol. I'm mm. saying there are probably many more, yeah. but like of the most notable players. And I feel like if you would have that amount of football games right. would have gone right. through, there would have been right. many more. So when you think of how many guys are point. in concussion protocol mm. in the NFL week to week, to right. week, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And that false sense of security with, with helmets and, Guys get concussion protocol in NBA and MLB, too. Guys get concussions randomly throughout the season there, too, and mm-hmm. they're out multiple weeks. So yeah. the fact that there's not that many at rugby just shows how proper technique can really help oh, yeah. avoid such things. Yeah. No, I thought that was a cool study, and I think cool. you know if you're starting a high school club and any AD or football coach or track coach is just like, don't bring rugby, there's too many injuries give them that you yeah. know it's like they shove that in the world cup size hole and <laughs> uh, they probably don't have that hole because they don't care yeah, but funny. like if they're football players like hey yeah. you want to reduce concussions in your football program mm-hmm. learn how to rugby tackle well just compare it just like take a look at high school wrestling i mean that is literally a full-on one-on-one one verse one mm-hmm. sport where you have two boys or two girls going head-to-head and there's very few concussions because I, I've always compared rugby tackles to a double leg takedown. Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, moving on from the study or Phil, did you have any final thoughts about the study? Uh, I mean, not really. I was just thinking to myself though about uh, scrum caps because I know some guys when they've had a concussion or two tend to want to wear scrum caps for some reason, thinking that it's going to have any type of benefit just because there's a little bit of padding, but I'd like to see something on that, like if there is actually any benefit, which in my opinion there's I not. Think it's, I, it's, it's mostly for like the rubbing it's when you're in a scrum. It's scrum cat. Or if you I, have you like know. a cut or something on your head. I have seen like it's a very minimal but not significant. Like it's not like they recommend it like, oh, you need to wear this to reduce. Yeah. It's more of like, yeah, there's a little padding that can sure. absorb it. Kind of like, you know when you get tackled and you land on your back mm-hmm. and then your head hits the ground yeah yeah like it can absorb a little it's, bit it's kind of like the same thing with the uh, undershirts with the padding which yeah like i used to always think like ah it's like i would never wear that but then it's like watching the world cup there's like a lot of like you well, know high level yeah. guys wearing those and i'm like and that's so they don't oh. get little little things that make them bigger you know like a little bruise here and there that becomes contusion or something worse or they I mean, they're, they're, are, they're going to be hurt all the time, but they want to limit as many injuries as they can. Yeah. I also wonder if the scrum cap, though, if people wear them, they get more, they're more likely to get more injured to get because, because of the false sense of security. security. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Yeah. But okay. There's probably a little bit to it, though. You're right, because more recently, 
football programs, especially youth programs all across the state, like eighth grade to seniors, all those guys wear um, bump caps those bump, the bump caps and the helmets, which are just scrum caps, but they're just really big scrum caps. Well, don't they wear those in like NFL practices yeah. too? Yeah, yeah, but like every high school, every high school program in the state has them, I think. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. At least all of them in Des Moines really? do. We'll ask Mr. Gray if he's sure, but I know even my nephew, when he's in eighth grade last year, they wore him at practice. They all got, I don't know if they got donated or what, but... Well, it was huh. Catholic school, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what? You want to fight about it? Not you. What? Not you and your bump cap. You know who didn't pay for it? Taxes, because all the taxes are... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, we care about our community and our school. No, but there's <laughs> a lot pay for of it. Uh, big... Do they wear bump caps at uh, Des Moines Middle School? All right, moving on. Um, <laughs> what? What's a, a bump, bump cap? cap? Like it's like the, a scrum no, cap, like but the, it goes over, oh, the, over the top of the helmet. No. Okay. You think we have the budget for that? I was thinking about that the whole time, but I didn't want to say it. What about high school? <laughs> no. Oh. None of the Des Moines high schools? I don't know. I'm not at the high school. Okay, well, that's all I, I don't know, man. Talking about bump caps. Moving on, like you said. So, really cool news. Uh, the Midwest Thunderbirds have a U18 girls team that is heading to New Zealand. Yeah. Super awesome. Norwalk girls rugby. They have Morgan Roth, who is going to go down and play. She was a part of the elite all-state team for this past girls season and then also waverly shell rock they have three girls going down there and they have uh kayla lampy madison heinrichs and lily stowe they are all heading to new zealand for the thunderbird u18 program so great opportunity for them really cool to see like our high school girls are getting the opportunity to one traveled to New Zealand and two represent our state. Like there's so many good things happening with rugby in our state. Mm. And I know we say it week after week and I feel like, you know, we're super biased, but this kind of proves it. Yeah. It's not just us like saying stuff like hot air, blowing hot air, whatever, smoke, whatever. Smoking hot air out of each other's blowholes. Yeah. (laughs) That's not what we're doing. This is proof that, like, Uh, man, if you're good enough to go play on a tour in New Zealand, like. And you think about that, too. It's like, what other, like, sport are you going to have that opportunity to do that? Like, how often do you hear about, like, other people doing that in, like, football, basketball, volleyball, whatever, you know? Soccer, yeah. Well, and like I mentioned on a previous episode, you know, like, Bowden Barrett and some of the guys for the New Zealand national team, they don't, they're like, impressive they're world-class athletes but they don't Mm -hmm. look like like the sport of rugby if you can you have to do so many different things Mm -hmm. it can be one that all body types and all shapes can fit so Mm -hmm. if you can get your head around and move your hands right you know there's a spot for you yeah i don't know I, a random no, plug for the sport. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this point. podcast and you point. don't play, give it a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's been listening for an hour and 22 minutes. They're so like, I don't know if I should play. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? I'm gonna do it. <laughs> I would love. I would love to see like if there was any way we could pull up like data for it. Like how many people that listen to the podcast that aren't rugby players? You know, well, I know. That'd be interesting. I was gonna say my grandma. <laughs> oh, I definitely know my parents. And my don't aunt, to this. my aunt called. My aunt listens. Oh, probably not at this far into the episode. <laughs> <laughs> she probably turned it off after hearing about filling holes. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, well, 
Phil. You didn't have to take it there. That was kind of inappropriate. <laughs> hey, is that a Phil, Fuck like, you uh, guys. Like, your name, like, our, like Phil Ningholes? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> your name is Nick Holes. You ever think about that? Phil Nichols. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Moving on. No. So, we not know. the WPL, the Women's Premier League, they have an all-star game going on. Former UNI Panther, current Twin City Amazon, Lynn Clare, she is on the all-star team. She was a reserve for one of the squads, so that's pretty sweet. Oh, then cool. there is also a international tens tournament Rachel Erke is playing for the Rhinos at a San Clemente um, so that's pretty cool too I saw yeah this tens tournament happens every year and how do they do tens so I haven't done a tens tournament in a long time do they do is it short and scrums or less yeah, than, you only yeah. have five it's five five yeah. five yeah front three and back row no no, no. Three they go front three eight man flankers. and a new position <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's, it's the type five. Brand, brand it's the type five. No, it's three guys and then two guys make a train. It's like a T. No, instead of a hooker, you have a tushy. Tush push. Um, yeah, no. So shout out to her. I feel like she's been doing a lot of crazy stuff. Absolutely, That's pretty sweet. That's we should get her on the podcast sometime. Where, is that? Where are they playing that again? I don't know. Oh, cool. I don't know. Didn't look it up. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. At some point. Uh, yeah. It's the tens tournament. We can look it up right now. Yeah, let's do that. Um, that'll take time, though. Uh, what else do you guys want to talk about with rugby? You got anything else? That's all I have. I got nothing. We can call Ben Villem. We can talk about the AGM. <laughs> talk about, we can talk about calling no. Ben Villem like, no. at the end of every show. It's kind of like our tagline. Yeah. I'm excited for the AGM, though. I, I hope uh, everything goes, you know, well and we... Get some stuff so done, and yeah, it'll be fun. I'm so looking forward to it. I will. I will say, talking to, I was talking to Bill, Bill mm. Scallon, our presidente. Yeah, yeah. and he uh, he was like, "Yeah, I want to keep this under an hour," and I'm like, "Ooh, Ooh like, I know, no, no, that's like, not happening." Getting every single person in the state. I'm like, I'm. That's why, like, I think that's a good idea to have to keep things moving. But, like, there's so many topics, and, like, you know, you get all these people from different pockets, and it's like, oh, here's something I've been upset about for 10 years. Here's my time to bring it up. You know what I mean? Like The goal should be to give important issues their due mm-hmm. and to move through things that don't matter. Because yeah. that seems to be, like, a lot of – when I went to AGMs, I mean, we're talking years ago. Decades. It was like <laughs> – felt like I was in old English court. Yeah. Well, and that's my whole my whole goal with it is like, hey, number one, we need to hear from everybody. Like, what's the main thing you need help or support in? Cool. I'm going to write it down. You don't need to explain it any further. Right. And then, okay, here's five things we need to do. Like, all Iowa, summer sevens, select side. You know, who wants to be on this committee? Who wants to be on this committee? Cool. We're not planning what the committee is going to do. Just who's going to work on that shit? Mm-hmm. And then the next meeting or, you know, like committee meetings. You know what I mean? And maybe I'm uh, ignorant, like most of the listeners, just to belittle them. <laughs> so the Iowa High School 7s 
has nothing to do with the AGM. Is that correct? Or is correct. That correct. Yeah, so the Iowa Youth Rugby Association is its own entity. So this is men's this and is women's. Yeah. Men's and men's women's and senior side. Senior clubs. Yes. So so no college, no I, high school. Just I invited the college coaches. I invited the high school admin because in my mind, I think it would be good if the Iowa Rugby Union, who represents all the senior side people, if there was like a good, strong working relationship between the high school union and the college teams to be like, hey, this is like in good faith. We know your players can become our players. Our players can become your coaches. Like we can all work together. So I want them in the room so they know what we're working on Mm -hmm. so that if they're like, oh, hey, actually, if you guys do it this way, that would actually help us, which helps you. You know what I mean? So like, I, I think one thing that I haven't seen is like the high school league and the college coaches being on the same page as the senior side. Um, and I just think it'd be in everyone's best interest if like we're all on the same page, like how can we all work together, you know, and simplify mm-hmm. things? Cause again, I also think too, the number of people who have like said they're interested in the coaching clinic, like, it's like up to 30 already. That's awesome, man. Which I think is great, which means there's 30 people that could coach in the high school league. Yeah. Which. Or even if half show up. Yeah. It's still 15. That's huge. So, That's like, huge. we need to make sure we're on the same page. So, it's not like we have all these people like, I can coach, but I'm not going to coach in the high school league. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. No, and I think that's good, too. You know, maybe I'm getting a little off the cuff, but uh, I think part of the reason Iowa State and you and I and Iowa have been doing well is because they're reaching out to the high school so you have like a mm-hmm. you know you're going over different uh, divisions i suppose but unity yeah. among all rugby bodies yeah. in the state is going to be nothing but positive right it shows they they've had consistent coaching for yeah. a number of years which is what you need to build a program and at any level so yeah. i think too like as we make the high school player pool larger coaches get more skilled and more knowledgeable referees be, get more skilled and knowledgeable those players are going to be more confident and have the skills to be successful at the next level and as that pool is so much bigger now you have an abundance of players that can go to iowa iowa state you and i iowa central and like we're we're slowly starting to see the returns it's been now i think over 10 years yeah. for the boys league probably like, was it 2010 right was it <coughs> boys league? yeah for sevens yeah it was the first year yeah, yeah, so 13 years now. Kurt Flood. S- Kurt Flood. <laughs> Shout out Kurt Flood. MVP. RIP. He's, He's still alive. He works out of my gym. It's not a Jim Harbaugh situation where everybody's crying about. Oh, oh my God. Is terrible. he still really strong? Yeah, he's a strong guy. Mm-hmm. Very strong guy. Is he stronger than you? you I mean, well, I mean, he's like, stronger than me with the legs now. What? And oh, my legs, well, my in willpower. Uh, in willpower. Yeah. <laughs> That I believe. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who talks more? You or Kerflood? Oh, me, for sure. What about you or me? Hmm. Mm, that's tough. I don't know. It depends. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good thing we don't have video. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, back to high I'm school coaching. <laughs> back to coaching the youth. Uh, no, it'll be good. And then, yeah, once we get that referee clinic stuff. We'll get that out there. But no, I just, I feel like that's the whole point of this podcast too, is just like share the good news, get other people on board, create good communication lines, get everyone on the same page. And uh, 
keep pushing it. Because, like, yeah, we're sending high school girls to New Zealand. I mean, not us personally, but our the, high the school league. The league in a whole. The yeah, league as a whole. That's crazy. And those girls are probably going to play for an Iowa college or go varsity mm-hmm. out of state. Like, that's huge. That's mm-hmm. super cool. So, and if you follow the B-Side Boys <coughs> on Spotify and you play high school girls rugby, you are automatically entered into a chance to win a trip to New Zealand. So tell your friends. <laughs> a chance. A chance. A chance. A chance. Also, chance is also very low. <laughs> also, give us, give us a five-star review, please. Yeah. Especially before cool. the year in review, Spotify wrapped, please. please. We're at 4.8 4. stars. Please give if us If you're five. listening right now, then you like it. So just go ahead and do it. Yeah. yeah. It was Zeus gave us less than five stars. I know it. <laughs> Oh, I bet he did to teach uh, us a lesson. Ooh. <clears throat> I'll fight him. I'll fight him. Yeah. Hey, Zeus. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and I think that's. Uh, do it. Does anyone got anything else? Just the Ben Milm call. That's it. So Josh Jacobs wearing a different number. Phil, how you doing? Good, you. Good, you. Good, you. Good, you. Good, you. Good, you. Fresh legs, fresh legs, fresh This episode is brought to you by Rotor Epoxy, the premier epoxy company in Iowa. You need your floors looking good. You need to redo the entire shop, the locker room floor, the fire station, the man cave. Those are the guys to call. There's an infinite amount of floors that you would possibly mess with here. So whatever you need done, they can do some wicked ass designs for you. Whatever you got going on, just get it done. Get a hold of them. Infinite designs, 100% satisfaction. Rotor Epoxy, find them online now. Get my girl, doing the wrong. Too bad. It's just a rubbish, let it back in the thought. Like when you get your first ticket for illegal parking.